0: This is Up For Debate Presents, Scary Movies to Watch in the Dark. Tonight, episode number 167, recorded December 4th, 2019. Chapter 6, Hereditary. Hello everybody and welcome to the spooky scary December episode of Up For Debate. I am Sean Jennings, joined as always by a man um, who is just cursed. He's just a cursed man. who will lead yeah. us all to great riches. Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt.
1: <laughs> as, you, as you said that, I just banged my elbow on the desk. Oh, so no. I think I'm, this is a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, or I, or I have fulfilled your... I have fulfilled you the prophecy. You are the chosen one. I am the chosen one. You sure right. are,
0: buddy. Um, How are you doing today, Sean? I'm... I'm just so excited to be here, Matt. We've got our sixth... Scary movie to talk about tonight, hered- uh, 2018's Hereditary. Before we do that, Matt, though, I got I to gotta ask you a question.
1: Oh, uh, I thought it was time for a word from our sponsors already.
0: A word from our sponsors, Israeli milk. Israeli uh, milk. When you're thinking of tasty Russian milk, look no further than Israeli milk. The official milk of the Mir space station, which burned and crashed into the ocean. Uh, Matt, slightly off topic, but very related to the show. Did you see it dropped today? the new tr- the first trailer for no time to die
1: uh i have not today today has been a really busy day well, you have a real Sean. job it, it's uh yeah it's it's been a, it's been not just there it's also it's been pretty
0: busy uh in the sports world um it's been busy with uh oh that's right that isn't the sketchy hedge fund manager who is under investigation <laughs> by the fbi gonna buy like 80 percent of the mets good job um, I'll, I'll take this. You know what? I'll take the sketchy
1: hedge fund manager who has $4 billion. Sure. Sounds good to me. $4 billion can buy you a hell of a lot of good baseball players, Sean.
0: Yeah. But and unfortunately it bought him the New York Mets. It did. It did. And, uh, hopefully it'll buy me
1: a lot less heartache in the years to come. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that, that I've been following that news. There's been, uh, all sorts of news. The giants, the New York giants may be getting a new, uh, head coach, uh, after the season's over. So there, there's a lot of news around that, that, so I did not, um, I did not get the chance to see the new trailer for, uh, the upcoming bond film. Okay. Well then
0: we will not talk about it.
1: I don't know the way, the way you said it, it it sounded like you, you said it with glee. Like you were like, is it good? Is it I don't know what to think.
0: I uh, well, I'm not going to point out anything uh in particular cuz I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh after watching it, I was very excited. I thought the trailer was good. It felt very James Bondy. Um a lot of big action set pieces mixed with Daniel Craig scowling at people. Um I was uh I was definitely on board after watching it, so I recommend you uh you check it out. I'm checking it out right now. I'm actually 22nd 20, second, 20 seconds into it. Yeah, you don't necessarily the dialogue is very vague, so, so just watching the video of it should accomplish what you're going after. It's a lot of stunts, a lot of big stunts. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it looks like a Bond trailer to me so far. Yep, very much so. Very much so. No hint of the new theme song. Uh, mm-hmm. We do get a slight appearance from Blofeld in prison, which is interesting. So they're definitely continuing the continuity from the previous film. Uh um, yeah. And I and I noticed that you have uh Ralph, is it Ralph Fines as yep. as M? He's back, yep. uh Q is back. Mm-hmm. Um Money Penny is back, but we now have um the Rami Malik doesn't come until the end of the trailer, but he comes in. Uh, also um the woman who's playing the other double O. His adversary, uh, who essentially says, stay out of my way, old man. <laughs> so. Isn't that crazy that Daniel Craig is now the old man? Well, considering how beat up and broken he's been making these movies, I kind of get it.
1: Yeah. I think he's got just
0: some sort of moderate injury on every one of these. It's like the the passage of time so much time has passed. But it's also one of those things where cuz this will be his 5th and final Bond film. And then you look back at somebody like Roger Moore who did what, 7? Uh yeah. And I that, believe so, 7 or 8. And I'm like, that's a lot. Like more power to him to have lasted that long. It's we kind of underestimate it. Yeah. Um
1: honestly i'm i'm surprised there's so much bond in this trailer yeah because the a lot of the a lot of the uh pre-production hype so far has been around him not being in it so they 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 really should i wonder if that's a reaction to oh they're about to do the rami malik reveal
0: yeah yeah he's got a little phantom of the opera mask thing going yes. on yes
1: yeah that's pretty crazy
0: um yeah, um, yeah i agree yeah, you with look you scary I agree yeah, with no, you.
1: I wonder I wonder if how much of that is is because of the um, backlash with I guess the announcement of uh the uh, the announcement of oh, I I forgot her name. What is yes. the the 00 agent? Right, the um, new
0: 00 agent. I I agree with you, but the other thing too is I mean he's the face of the franchise, right? If you put up a trailer and he's barely in it, you're not going to know what movie you're watching. So, yeah. I, I ca- you know, he's got to do the Bond, James Bond line. You know, he's. Of course. Of course. I, I,
1: yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm just surprised that it's. Uh, I don't know. I thought
0: I thought maybe they would they would have more of her in it. It'll be because... interesting to see when the movie actually comes out, how representative this trailer is.
1: Yeah, it, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of misinformation, obviously, what going on with this. There's a lot of misdirection, um, misinformation, misinformation being spread I think uh, intentionally and unintentionally just to drum up uh people just to drum up conversations sure which I think it could pay off um and uh I, we're, we really just have to wait and see so far yeah I, I think uh see after seeing the trailer I'm I'm pleasantly pleasantly stoked about it which I haven't been in in many months so
0: yeah, it'll be fun. We'll certainly watch it in 2020 and talk about it here on the show, as we're obligated to do. And now I'm like, well, shit, I, I don't like going to the movie theater, but on this show, we did an episode on Force Awakens, and we did an episode on The Last Jedi. Like, do I have to go see the new one?
1: You do. <sighs> I think we're. I think you're contractually obligated. Ugh. The new Star Wars you're talking then about. We do,
0: yeah, and then we do a whole episode on it.
1: Oh, we'll talk about it. Ugh. We'll talk about it for sure.
0: Uh, that's something, by the way, that I've
1: I've kind of sweetened to. Um, pretty much pure, purely, I
0: would say like 80% due to The Mandalorian. Have you been watching? Do you have Disney Plus? I do. I saw the first three, I think, so I'm a little behind. You're um, only one behind.
1: They've only put out four.
0: Well, that's the thing is I don't know when they release them. So... Every Friday. Oh, well, it's that's... every Friday morning, I think. That's like helpful to them. Yeah, so you're only one behind. Okay. Uh, so... But yes, I, I actually have been enjoying that quite a lot. I really like the bite-sized episodes. Yes. I've like, said, they really
1: knew what they were doing with that. The 22 minutes, like...
0: Someone needs to figure out, spot. and I'm kind of optimistic about what Marvel's going to be doing in terms of TV shows on Disney+. Plus. These big, giant franchises, I think, do better in television than movies. I've said for years, I think I've said on the show, I would die. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but if they did, like, an HBO series... In the Harry Potter universe, that's modern and kind of that serious, sort of well-produced thing. I think they'd make a gazillion dollars and it'd be great. I love these big universes, but the way the movies are doesn't really express what we like about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, um, I'm excited for for things like this. Yeah, it, it's uh, they
1: they've Disney has. Say what you want about them, but they they've done a great job of expanding the universe and making it relatable to pretty much everybody. At this point, I really don't know. Like, I really don't. I can't imagine somebody who is not represented in some way by the Star Wars world through these sure. movies or through these shows. It, it's like it's it's covered. was run pretty much the gambit in in, in of a. An increasingly divided country, uh, I think one of the few things you're going to get people from both sides of the aisle to agree on uh, is Star Wars.
0: Well, and the uh, great thing about the show is I don't think you have to be a big Star Wars fan to get into it and enjoy it. It's not like there are any sort of existing characters. You know, they're all new characters, so it's not, you know, and even if they're inside jokes or references or stuff in the background, like you can enjoy it without getting those inside references. You know, it's it does stand alone, which I think is great when you have a it's the same thing with the Marvel movies. When you have a huge interconnected universe, everything is interconnected. So you miss a couple movies and you're like, all of a sudden it's endgame and I don't know what's going on. And and it's crazy with a TV series. You can really box it in a little bit more and take your time to tell the story.
1: Right. And those those uh, callbacks are are more gifts for people that have been there from the beginning rather than like excluding like, well, if you don't, if you don't get the, what's it, what's going on here, if you don't get the end, then you, you know, it's very inviting. It's very inviting. So, um, yeah, Mandalorian has been a win. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, it's, it's the, the first thing, the, the first thing that's given me hope in the star Wars, probably since Disney bought it probably since the acquisition um, I was really very down on Star Wars for a while, uh, but this is this is definitely giving me hope. I I don't I don't really have a lot of optimism about the movie um, Last Skywalker. No, not it's really. not going to be good. It's not going to be no. good. i I'm, I'm already already have kind of I've already kind of accepted that, and I'm at the place where well this this trilogy wasn't for me. This trilogy was for a new group of fans, a new generation of fans. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for us, Sean. It was for um, Gen Y. Well, first it, of all... A, this is a Gen Y trilogy.
0: I And I don't, that's okay. I think they can tr- have their
1: trilogy. We got the shitty prequels. They can have the shitty sequels.
0: No, the problem is this, uh, this trilogy isn't for anybody. It's for a focus group in a Disney lab somewhere. Like, that's who it's for. It's not for anybody. It's for everybody, in air quotes. That's the problem. No, well, it, like, I mean... It, they market it like it's for everybody, but it's not. But that's I think the problem. It's D-H-N-Y. become muddled because it's not for anybody. <laughs> you know, it's for everybody. That's the problem. It needs to be for somebody. But I will also say, and I, we do not have time to get into Star Wars too deep here. But I will stand up for the modern trilogy and say they are not bad movies. I think they're perfectly serviceable movies that I enjoyed watching. Are they great movies? No. Am I going to rewatch them? Probably not. But they're good movies that are good enough, especially when you're comparing them to the greatness that is the original trilogy.
1: Well, I guess you have the you have a different perspective. I do. Being someone who, who just recently watched True. all of the Star Wars movies versus someone like me who grew up with the franchise as someone who grew up with the franchise. I could say that these are, these are very piss poor representations of the star Wars universe and are, I don't think are very good movies. They're entertaining and I guess stuff happens in them, but, uh, force awakens was just, a, was a rehash. It was a lazy rehash of a new hope. And, um, uh, the last Jedi, I, I I don't even know what to think about the last Jedi. It was just such a mess. It was a mess, is what
0: I. No, would think of I think it was. It was I think it was challenging. It was a complete mess. No, it, it, here's the thing, Matt. You cannot blame the filmmakers for your expectations. That's the problem. It's not the filmmaker's problem. It's not Ryan Johnson's problem that you came in with crazy expectations. I didn't Maybe have
1: crazy expectations. You did, because
0: that's all you're saying. It's like I'm comparing it to the old movies and it's part of the universe, all the shit. You're right. I came in different because I didn't have expectations. And that's why I realized they're not terrible movies. They're fine movies.
1: I, I can't. I, it's impossible for me to look at them with that, with any other kind of lens other than. But, th- but that's this what I'm saying. Be... Nothing
0: would have lived up to your expectations. And I, yeah. Nothing I, would. Have. I, I,
1: I disagree. I think that I think that the Mandalorian is a very good but series. But it's, it's
0: a totally it's different, a different format. It's outside it of the universe. It's a different
1: format. It's outside of the universe. Well, because it's in the whole, same universe, but no, it is canon. But it's look, just the second in time.
0: the second in Force Awakens that Han shows up and Leia shows up and all the it's the it's the same shit. You're immediately handicapping yourself if they had done this totally unrelated to the yeah, other movies. Just in the I universe, agree. I think it's it would have been much better. But that's where the expectation comes in. And I don't think that's fair because they're not terrible movies. They're not. They're just not. I've seen terrible movies. The prequels are terrible movies. These are average movies. Sean, this trilogy made me appreciate the prequels. Well, look, the prequels are I actually, unique. I, I, I've the grown my are appreciation special. for
1: episodes one and three. Two
0: is still the no, bottom of bad. the barrel for me. But but they're good it's, in like it's, a cult movie we joke about it, kind of way. No, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's
1: that's true, but it's they're also they're they're also not. They're not egregiously bad. They're not stop like, that except for except for Attack of the Clones, which is egregiously bad. But I guess but, that's
0: that's the issue, right? Would you rather have the prequels, which is an egregiously? But bad... it was original.
1: It was original. It was it was something that I guess, was had right. not been done before. Didn't work.
0: But it was original, so I guess, right, would you rather have the bland, reheated leftovers, or would you rather have a new recipe that does not taste good? (sighs) Wow. Because that's really what you got.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I agree with your comparison here, but... uh...
0: I would I would just rather have the Mandalorian. Can I pick the Mandalorian? The Man- Mandalorian is like well, a tasty dessert. No, it's like that, that hot new restaurant around the corner with the chef that was on the cover of the magazine and you're like, "Ooh." It's like it's like gastronomy if gastronomy yeah. were like um,
1: amazing. Molecular gastronomy where it's like they give you they give you that cuz their episodes are so short. It's like a little one bite. It's like those little capsules that in um in Willy Wonka where you swallow them and it, it turns you into a like big full. blueberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a three-course meal in a capsule. That's what Mandalorian is so far. So I'm really enjoying Mandalorian. So. I am
0: too. Um, but we'll save the rest of our Star Wars talk for right. Rise of Skywalker we were, we were later this month. We're here to talk month. about Hereditary. <laughs> we are, Matt. This was yeah. our sixth and final horror movie, obviously our most current one coming out in 2018. Matt, you picked this movie. Why? Why did we watch this movie?
1: I did. This was this was my pick. You were so excited. Um, I was, and I still am. It, this this was one of my favorite horror movies in recent memory. Um, before we started the series, I think I, I admitted I, I, I fessed up that I'm not the biggest horror movie guy. Uh, I do watch them from time to time, especially around spooky spooky Halloween season. Um, but I re- this one really stuck with me. I, I think I teased at the end of the last episode that. After watching this movie, I slept with the lights on for four days, and that is totally true. Uh, this one really – I don't get scared very often by horror movies. I really don't. I have—I don't really have that kind of history to me. But for some reason, this one just really, like, got to me. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the techniques of, of uh, what they did and stuff. But I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, this is probably the only movie on my list. Like, the other two I picked um, – which were Exorcist and Blair, Blair Witch. Rich. They were more like, uh, I guess, I guess important, significant movies. I enjoyed both of them for different reasons. But um, this is the first one on my list. The only one on my list where I was just like, I would buy the DVD copy of Hereditary. I liked it that much. I would, I would want to watch this one again and again to just like pick it apart. And I actually did. I actually did go back and, and re-watch this one for this for this uh, show, so um, I enjoyed it. What were your thoughts on Hereditary, real quick, before we jump in?
0: Matt, we have to play our trademark favorite game here on Up for Debate, which is Guess Sean's Opinion.
1: Oh, right. Uh, you didn't like it. Is that what you're going with? I'm going to go with you didn't like it, because usually we, we differ about things like this
0: you know our slogan the two the show where the two hosts agree on everything. I agree with you right. I actually enjoyed the movie quite a lot. I thought it was Dang. it was a successful well-made movie now how I would describe hereditary my opinion on it in a sentence or two is I would say it is a very successful movie, a less successful plot. I had so I thought it was shot very well I thought the acting was great. I thought the effects were very good. I thought some of the family drama stuff was actually my favorite parts of it, which we'll get into. But the central conceit of the movie around the cult and the demon and all that stuff, I felt landed a little flat for me. I felt like it wasn't properly set up and landed throughout the movie where I was scared. I was invested in the characters. I just didn't get it. I had to do extra reading to get it. Now, maybe I'm stupid, that wouldn't surprise me but i just felt like they could have cleaned up that aspect of the movie a little bit that's my main criticism i don't have much else to say in terms of bad things but that's number 1 for me
1: i think that maybe their goals were were a little a little scattered would you agree with that they're like the end goal of the movie like it starts out very much stressing the mental health aspect and then by the third act, you're talking about a demon cult, and it goes kind of off the rails uh, with with uh, with that
0: arc. But see, there's. I just think they did a bad job of setting up stuff before it happens, because in a horror movie, you have to like set up things before it gets there so the audience isn't confused, and in this, I like the on-paper version of this, where you're like, oh, you think it's mental illness, it's really the supernatural stuff, and the demon was in the girl's body, but it needs a boy's body, and the, the grandmother was in the cult with this other lady. Like who I kind of like all those elements, but the way the movie introduces them and the order in which it does it, to me it just didn't flow nicely. So by the time you get to them all naked and bowing and, and Peter's going up, they're putting the crown on your head. I'm like, I think I know what's going on, but at the same time, like what is going on?
1: Well, that's uh, maybe that's just me, but that's exactly why I like this movie because right after it was over, I went directly to my computer and pulled up the Wikipedia. You shouldn't have to do that. I, I disagree. I think that that adds some, it adds an element to the film. It's like, the film is is now infiltrating your, uh, like your it's infiltrating your your time outside of but it- watching the movie, and you got to I, I did the same thing with with all the Marvel movies with Infinity War. In, I, I I'm I'm the least Avengers person you'll ever meet. I never read any of the comics, didn't know about any of the heroes going in. After I watched Infinity War, the first thing I did when I got home it was one in the morning. I had work the next day. I didn't care. I went to my computer and I, I researched the hell out of Thanos and the Infinity Stones. Why? Because it got me hooked. It got me invested. But that's and different. That's what I think Hereditary, Hereditary does. But that's different. It's not setting you up for a sequel, but it's getting you to – like it, it was
0: in my mind and it stayed with me for like a whole week. And then I wanted to rewatch the movie right away. I'll give you the rewatch part. But here's the difference between your Marvel example and this, which is at the end of the movie – you generally understood what was going on. Bad guy wants the weapons. The heroes fight him. Pretty straightforward. You wanted to learn more because you were curious, because you want to expand your knowledge. For me, I had to do research to fill in the gaps in my knowledge. Well, what gaps? What gaps did I, you have to fill I learn? just, I didn't, I kept thinking of all the different parts of the movie where I was like, did, did they like set up the girl to get killed? Like, was that on purpose or was that an accident? It was on purpose. If you
1: if you watch the movie again, um, for those of you listening at home, uh, the, the uh, it's the scene where we're talking about the daughter who um,
0: Charlie yes who gets her Charlie right her head taken who,
1: off uh, who gets her yeah gets beheaded by the by the the uh, telephone pole yes if you slow it down or if you freeze it the symbol of the cult is on the telephone which pole. I saw but. Yeah. You don't know it until the very end. It's something that you have to like think back and be like, "Oh yeah, that's right." But so then, the whole thing was kind of
0: set up. But here's the thing happen. about the cult, right? They don't inherently have any supernatural powers.
1: I don't. I think they do. I think they they have that demon that's that they worship that I guess helps them. But I guess my point like is, that. how
0: do you set up that accident to happen?
1: He's a demon. He can do supernatural crazy shit. That's how it happens. <laughs> like that's I mean for me
0: it was suspension of disbelief I I, I agree with you but like for a movie that that does take its time to point out some of these plot things I just I some of it missed for me but I generally agree with you and and, and there are a lot of aspects of this movie I do like I don't want to just focus on what I don't like Um, starting with the quote-unquote twists in the movie which when they spend the first 30 minutes setting up the creepy little girl and I'm like oh clearly she's there's something wrong with her She's yes, not right. Now,
1: now, now, this was something that I wanted to get into more when talking about the marketing behind the movie. But okay. of the trailers that were released for this movie, if you go back and watch any of the trailers, they the trailers make it very clear. And it's its a total misdirect. They make it very clear that Char- the movie is about Charlie. Charlie. And that it's about her get like possessed or that she has some kind of supernatural powers and it cherry picks quotes throughout the movie that make it sound like this, this girl is, is like a, like a, um, a witch. And it's, it's funny because the, uh, the, I think it was the director, correct me if I'm wrong, but the director of this movie was the one who directed the movie, the witch, right?
0: Um, or or it's are, somehow
1: connected to the witch. You're incorrect. It's not okay. The witch has it has some kind of connection. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. They're very similar movies. If you have you ever watched The Witch, I I that's why that's why I thought they they might have had the same director. Well, a
0: twenty four films produces a lot of the sort of current horror films. Um, was involved in The Witch. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, many critics compare it to the witch. Yes. That's what I'm getting here. and the audience. uh, yeah. So if you watch the witch, I I feel like maybe a lot of people that were, were watching were like, okay, it's, it's going to be like a, a witch, but like the witch is sent in, in like Puritan New England times. Maybe this will be like a contemporary version of that. Uh, that's at least that's the way that the trailer kind of makes it seem, but the film is, is not about that at all. I mean, you never you never get the vibe for what the film really is by watching the trailers, and I love that. I yeah. think that's genius. Like, well, you, you it really know, takes some skill to pull that off.
0: I know these days, spoiler culture gets a lot of crap where it's, oh, everything's spoiled, and we got to be careful. Oh, has hashtag spoiler alert and all this. But I'm going to look on the bright side of that, which is it's given us opportunities where films like – now people are more careful about spoiling things. Back in the day, The Sixth Sense or something, everyone was like, dude, there's a twist in that movie. Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. You know, They weren't careful, but films like Hereditary, and, and there's another film out that's supposedly very good called Parasite, um, which is supposed to be excellent. And the only thing I know about it is don't read anything about it before you see it. And I love that. I knew that about this movie before I went, before we even talked about it. What I knew about it was there's some kind of twist. Don't spoil it. I think that's a bonus of spoiler culture is now people do go out of their way to make sure you enjoy the experience. People are more aware of that. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Not, I I think that if this movie were made earlier, um, maybe a decade earlier, then you wouldn't, you would not have had the same, it would not have had the same impact. Uh, it would have been definitely spoiled now. Um, the the movie is it, I feel like to me it, it was very much delineated into acts like you had act one they're at the funeral they're a grieving family um it it's the grandmother who who passed passes away um before the movie starts um they have at the very beginning it opens with their her funeral um and it, it it kind of deals with the family um getting through that that tough time it, so it's all about that. Um, the main, the the real main character, we could we could we could actually say it could be one of two people, right? It could be either the mom Annie or uh, her son Peter. Either either one of them could be the, the true main character of the movie. And mm-hmm. um, Annie, the the mother, is like really taking the death hard. Um, she gives a speech in, at the at the I think it's at the funeral about like mental illnesses and and her like uh, that run in her family and uh, all that. She attends a support group. Um, by the way, did you know that if you if you look at the if you watch the movie again, some of the members in that support group might look a little familiar.
0: Oh, are they cult people?
1: Some of them are oh. cult people that show up at the end. That's some
0: awesome.
1: So, um. Yeah, that was a neat little uh, Easter egg that they hide in there. Um, So, yeah, um, Peter, he's like in the beginning of the – the characters go through these like incredible changes as the movie goes on. So I think act one, it's like a typical family doing typical family stuff. Obviously, things go way off the rails in act two. Uh, This is when Peter is going to his friend's house for a party the mom convinces him to take uh his 13-year-old sister which yeah, which bananas i remember thinking like that that would never happen in real life i think like um he's he's a teenager like he's he's got to be like in his late teens but his sister is like 13 she's like 12 or 13 years old she's young like
0: well, and even the excuse you, he uses which is like it's a school barbecue or something like that it's like they don't even go to the same school probably he's in high school and she's in middle school right I I wouldn't buy it. Like he doesn't even
1: say it's a bonfire. I think he's like it's a it's a. He says it's like a party. A barbe- or a, he calls it a barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, it, it's that's just terrible for both reasons. Like you're expo- you're exposing your thirteen year old daughter to all kinds of teenage shenanigans, and you're letting her be babysitted by your babysat by your irresponsible like delinquent son who gets detention and stuff. Well,
0: I don't know about that. Maybe but he's a good kid for all I know. But, but see, the question is though, is this all part of the plan? No. Do you think, well, again, uh, maybe if you assume, if it's you assume debatable. her death is part of the plan, she has to get to the party, eat the nut filled cake, right? She eats a cake get driven home. It has nuts in it. Don't call an ambulance. No, no, no. You have to drive her past that exact pole her head sticking out the window. He has to swerve around the deer to one side, and get close enough to the pole to take the head off.
1: So the way I just, the way I would think of it is that they lay like they lay a bunch of traps, and the one we saw is just the one that oh my happened God. to work.
0: How I want to see the like the alternate version of that where it's like, you know, he walks over like a net that's supposed to grab him or there's like a trap door in the floor and he, you know, like a Mr. Magoo style home alone style. Yes. Very funny.
1: Yeah. Now I thought it would have been kind of neat and, and I don't know, maybe, 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 maybe it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. But like, imagine if in the background of one of the scenes, you see like a news report and then the news lady is talking about how, uh, this this cult symbol has appeared all over town and is in like different places like
0: Ooh, you're sounding like a horror movie writer. Maybe you could That's- you could like <laughs> allude to that being the
1: cult trying to set up a bunch of trap. That maybe it would have lended a little more more credence rather than like like you said, it is kind of unbelievable. But I that, think- uh, this one tra- this one thing happened. Everything happened to fall in place and go right.
0: But here's the thing. I'm gonna stand by I think that was an accident.
1: You think it was a total I think it was a
0: 100% total accident, and it accelerated. Because here's the thing, right? Before she dies, nothing weird and supernatural happens.
1: No. The movie is very normal. So yeah. my
0: theory is they could have killed her at any time. Now, maybe you could argue, oh, after the grandmother died, the grandmother was protecting the girl, and they killed her then. Maybe I get that. But also, you could make the theory that it was an accident, and that's what spurred them into action. They had to do something now because she was killed, whether she got her head knocked off or she, however she died. And that's what triggered the supernatural events of the movie.
1: So so you're saying that the. The daughter's death is what starts the, the the puts the wheels in motion.
0: Yes, exactly. Potentially, I, I, I I'm saying if she hadn't died on in that accident, I don't think they still would have gone ahead with making the transition. Then they could have waited. They could have done it whenever. You know why did they do it right after the accident? Because they had to. Yeah,
1: I don't it, know if it's, that's true. Uh, it's, it's an interesting – definitely an interesting dilemma here because the main thing is that you have the you have the symbol.
0: I know, but then you it's have like the – You
1: cult symbol that is on the telephone pole, but, like carved into it.
0: But I will point out, we do not see the telephone pole during the accident. You see it after the accident. Right. Theoretically, it could have With been the put on there. With a symbol that
1: you have – and you barely even see it. It's in like – it's like a half-second right. frame.
0: Right, but it could have been put there after the accident.
1: Um, could it have, I thought, I thought they show it like right after she hits
0: it. I, or is it in a scene where they like go back to it? So if, if, so the, the progression is he drives home in, in sort of a daze, the body's in there and he lies in bed and you just hear Tony collect, go out to the car, you hear her scream and then it snap cuts to the head on the ground during the day.
1: That's right. It does. Then it pans
0: up or it pans out. And that's when you see the symbol.
1: Um but my argument with that and and we may be getting too spoilery yeah. here but yeah, we spoil the whole lot. thing yeah um if uh they do something with the head at the end of the movie yes if you remember um so the head wouldn't still be there if, if and the symbol they would have taken the head and then
0: carved the symbol i that's, i would think that's a fair point that's um, i'm i'm going to give you that point i don't think we know the so, an answer it's weird my, my opinion is that – I mean, well, first of all,
1: uh, we can establish that they – I think they put it there so that people watching the movie – the, the meta, meta reason is that people who watch the movies would have the exact same conversation that we're having about it. But um, I think that the symbol was like a magnet. Like it was in, in, like engraved with like supernatural – we see a ton of supernatural stuff happen yeah. at the end of the movie in the True. third act. Um, which I call the supernatural act for that very reason. So, I think it's 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 um, kind of like it's saying that the demon cult has this power and had it all along, and they they use their special dark magic to precipitate these events and in, in, in put them in motion.
0: But see, I I also am going to challenge that because they specifically say. That shit ain't gonna happen until the soul's in a man's body. They specifically say that a a a girl isn't gonna help get them what they need.
1: Well, they they say that the the demon can't come back until the, the soul is in a. He can't come back as like um, but, the like he, he can't be at his full strength until the the head is in the body. But I think he still has like partial strength and stuff.
0: But we never see the cult members actually doing any quote-unquote supernatural magic really the only time is when Joni is performing the um seance in her own home right where shit's going wild joan by the way that is uh annie's friend who yes. i think she
1: meets at one of the support groups
0: yes and we later yeah. learn has been in the cult all along right uh by the way that that might have been my favorite, like
1: cra- crazy turn. I, I think that's that's kind of for me where where things start to like go go well, well off the road. Well. Oh, totally. Um, when she looks at the welcome mat, and she sees that it like the same it has the same artwork and same patterns, and it kind of treat as her as her mother used to make, and it kind of triggers this thing inside her, and she does like some research. I didn't. Not that I didn't like that. I, I didn't really. I it, that's that to me seemed kind of unbelievable.
0: Well, and it's that's like, that's when I talk about the issues I have with the plot. We're like, I don't mind the things they introduced. I didn't like how they did it and the order in which they did it, because in that same shot, when she goes back to the house and, and knocks on the door and there's no answer, and then the camera pulls back into the house and you see the triangles been etched into the table and Peter's pictures in the middle, there's candles everywhere. They do that before. She then goes to the house and goes into the photo albums and sees the photos of Joan together with her mother, which to me is an odd way because it's like, all right, at this point, we already know she's in the creepy call that we know her mother's involved in. I didn't need the photo evidence to put those pieces together. Is that really the right order to introduce yeah. these things?
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost like that. It is almost like those two scenes were out of order, like the the other one should have come first because when she comes, she goes back to the house in like a in like a panic. And then, yeah, she's looking through the trunk and she sees the the picture of uh, Joan with her mother and the connection that they have. And, and Oh, and
0: those great photos where they're, like, raining gold coins on her. Yeah. And she's like, those were fun. I laughed at those. Those were she's, so over the top.
1: I, I thought it was her retirement party at first. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's cute. They went to her mother's retirement party because she has, like, the dress on but What do you stuff. think they
0: were going to do? Like, you know, drink the blood from a goat or something? Like Yeah, the, the pictures, those pictures
1: weren't convincing enough. It seemed like me. a nice cult. It did. It seemed. It seemed more like a, um, like a, like they would have a pancake social like a or book something. Book club. Yeah, like a, yeah. It was like a book club. It, um, I didn't see them sacrificing animals and stuff. Uh, not very cult like, but, uh, they definitely get very cult like toward the end of the movie. Oh, sure. Um, terrifyingly so. so.
0: Um before we get into the third act, can I talk yeah. about one of my favorite sections of the movie one of the things I liked most about the movie? Definitely, yeah. We've seen a lot of horror movies on this show over the last five weeks. And the one criticism that I have, and this is true of the horror genre in general, character development. There's very rarely character development. They come in, hi, nice to meet you, stab, 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 end of movie, right? This movie, I would argue, is more of a family drama than it is a true horror film. And this 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 focuses heavily on these characters. I give Tony Collette is a superstar in this movie. She's out of control. Actually, I thought all the acting was really good. Um, but I enjoyed her especially. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie is where the three of them, uh, after Charlie's death, are eating dinner at the table, and they're sort of that simmering, and then Peter and Annie go at it, and they're screaming, and there's be- that was such a great just dramatic scene. There was nothing supernatural about it. There was nothing horror about it. It was just these people confronting two recent deaths in their life. Who's to blame for what their past struggles. I really liked that scene in a horror movie. And that's what I, one of the things I really liked about this movie is it wasn't just about the scares or the spooks or the whatever. It was dramatic. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you're like Sean. You totally missed the point of the movie. Yeah, it's about I, the spooks I mean, and the scares.
1: I, 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 was actually when when you said that it it we weren't sure if it was if it was like it was, you thought it was more of a family film than a horror film. Is I I thought it was like very much a perfect marriage of both. I, I would they, agree. They really, and not many movies do that. You don't really see that, and and pull it off and make it make it work. Absolutely. Um, I love the the progression when we start the movie, it's very much about the family and and the trauma that they're going through with the grandmother's death. Then the trauma they're going through with the daughter, the young daughter's death. Um, and, and the family's kind of breaking apart over these two traumatic events that happen and, and no one's really keeping it together. Um, it, it, then I, I love it. It almost like has to remind you that it's a horror movie,
0: right? Right, you just can't keep there's this the deep
1: earth and like it, it kind of like snaps you back into that like oh my yeah I'm supposed to be really scared like um, if anything I thought like like I honestly when I saw the movie for the first time I almost fell asleep somewhere <laughs> about somewhere about halfway through I think it was it was it the, the the um Charlie had already had already died and um the the family were like going back and forth and having fights. And I was like, okay, like that's, this is all, it's all going to turn out to be some kind of like mental health. Like, like, um, they they mentioned that the grandmother has had issues and, and then maybe Tony Collette will run around and chop people up with an ax or something. And that's how it, how it'll go. Um, that was my prediction for the movie. I was so happy, I guess, to be, to be wrong. And that (laughs) there's actually this like subversive cult behind the scenes controlling everything. Um, and then of course we, we have to talk about the, the metaphors with the miniatures. Yes. Miniature. The, um, main uh, Tony Collette is a, uh, I love how we keep calling her Tony Collette.
0: Um, but we do every time we do a movie, we just call them by the actor's names. That's not due to us.
1: Did did you know that? Um, I had to look at, I I didn't realize this, but her name in the movie is Annie Graham.
0: Annie Graham. Subtle. (sighs) Subtle.
1: Yeah. Um, it would have been better if, like, other people's names were actual anagrams of of
0: things. (laughs) Maybe they are.
1: Uh.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm too lazy to look at
1: it now, but Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that's cool. And I think you you get that first scare in the movie when the grandmother is, like, in the corner, right, looking at her making the the miniatures, and then all of a sudden she's gone. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That. Um the technique with that was outstanding to, to me that there's nothing scarier. And I, and I didn't even really, I, di- I had never thought of this until I saw the movie, the movie actually taught me what I'm afraid of. Um, and it's that those scenes in movies that are, it's not the jump scares. Cause right. those are, those are crap. Um, it's the, it's the like off, how do you describe it? Like off-center, off-focus things that are like in the corner of your vision, and then you look at them and you see what they are, and it just scares the crap to me. Yeah, that is a hundred times more frightening than it than a simple jump scare will ever be.
0: Oh, totally. And this movie um, had a, had a, had a couple of those really good. I there was a moment uh, speaks more to the quality of my TV, but uh when after peter bashes his face in and he wakes up in bed and behind him up like floating in the corner is tony collette the contrast on my tv was not good enough it just looked like a like a blob and i'm like is there something there i'm sure in the movie theater you would have really seen it but i'm like what is that a person I couldn't even tell it was Tony Collette. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I like, I, I like turned down my lights even more. I'm like, what is that? It, it was great. Cause it's actually that whole sequence where she's sort of chasing him around the house. She's always kind of blurry in the background or she's always just out of eye. F- I totally agree with you. Yes.
1: It's, it's genius. And, and it's in every, every scene through that chase, like you can find her, but she's like hidden somewhere. And that, I thought that was great. Um, Again, way, way scarier than a simple, like, jump scares, I think they elicit, like, a natural reaction from everyone. Sure. And it's kind of silly to, like, be like, oh, like, you're scared. Uh, Like, that's, I think that's our natural, like, evolution has has taught us that things jumping out at us, we're supposed to react to that. If we don't, we would have died a long time ago. But I think. Whereas, like, the things that are off-center often, like, that are hidden, and then you find them. Uh, it's just always to me more terrifying because it's like how long has that been? That's almost like the two are like I'll, I'll I'll use the evolutionary example like imagine our primordial cavemen ancestors wandering like on a hunt in a jungle and then all of a sudden a mountain lion jumps out and sideswipes us like attacks us. Obviously we're going to be scared. That's like the jump scare. the The corner of the eye is like look, looking around in the trees. And seeing that, like a the tiniest spot, seeing the, the mountain lion, and then you have a brief moment of like, how long has he been watching me before he attacks?
0: Well, that's exactly that's, what happened in Blair Witch, right? It's not what you see; it's what you don't see. Right? That's scary. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's right.
1: That's like the Roger
0: Ebert's quote. Um, I. But I think you know another thing about this movie is, and this goes to what you're talking about. It's such a slow burn movie. It, it, if you had stopped the movie at the point where they head out to the party and you had said, all right, I'm going to cut to the last scene and it's like a naked cult, two headless bodies praying to this like <laughs> junk demon with a girl's head on it with a crown and this this guy walks up and they put the crown on him and says he's now their demon leader of their cult. I would have been like, how do you get from A to B? But that's what this yeah. movie does well is it ramps up, I will say A in a good way, but B in such a, fast way, that your brain almost doesn't have time to comprehend it and that's a good thing. Because I think if you spend too much time, like I did, and you're like, ah, oh, these pieces don't quite fit, but the movie goes through it so quickly where all of a sudden it's like boom, 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 boom in the span of like 20 minutes. Um, I think that was a really interesting choice to kind of hold off on that so long in the movie.
1: Yeah. You almost get the sense that I know this is, this is probably not how it was written, but you get the sense that the writer's we're writing the story and then they they get to that po- the part where the family's having like that big big fight um where um and then they're just like oh how do we how do we resolve it we need to like we can't have them do another fight we just had them do like f- four fights like in, you know in the past hour and a half we have to end it we have to resolve it screw it just we'll light the dad on fire we'll make him get lit on fire and and it'll be it'll yeah, be that a Yeah that fall. was insane. Yeah like It's just like I think that might have been the part that woke
0: me up. That like jolted me awake. I, I was just not. Exp- no, I, I was definitely not ready for it. Well, yeah. And that um, That is truly the moment where the movie goes from, you know, zero to 60. Yes. yeah. Because if does. you think about it, even the seance stuff is pretty tame as far as supernatural movies go. Like we've seen way worse than that. It isn't until there that they're really like, oh, shit, this isn't just like a spook in the house. This is like this is crazy murder when, when she's up in the attic cutting her own head off, <laughs> I was literally like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, and uh, those of you listening at home, you're not going to – you, you won't be effect. able to fully appreciate it, but Sean did the full
0: – Like I'm flossing my neck. He did, and
1: it was in sync, too. He's got it in sync. His head moves in in rhythm with his hands
0: as he saws his head off, yes. Though I will say – It's like
1: Tony Collette in the movie.
0: This is another one of those, the movie makes a jump, it shouldn't. I wish we we don't really see Annie become possessed by the demon.
1: No, no. Um, I think the only the only indication prior to that is like her. She does like a weird thing with her face and her eyes. She does like a weird facial thing. Yeah. I. I also, I, I kind of that dream that she has where like she kills the her son in the dream. Yes. To me, that was kind of like the moment of possession, but. Uh but I don't think it's really ever clearly stated. Because
0: it was a little lost on me. Like I said, when, you know, because basically he burns up, then it yeah. essentially cuts to Peter in bed at that point.
1: And the dad, by the, by the way, the dad is barely in the mood. Like he's he's in the, he's in a very weak character. Like his, the family is kind of crumbling around him and he doesn't know what to do. You just basically um, need a no honey, a very, you're crazy kind of guy. He's a very ineffective. He's a straight in, man. Um, the movie would have been... I don't know if it would have really lost anything if he wasn't even there. He's almost like the sacrificial lamb because no. he dies at the point where the where the the movie goes crazy. Like they needed a a character to just kill off to make no. The movie crazy. I think
0: I think you do need a person who's grounded in reality because I think if it's just Annie like experiencing these things, you'd be like, "Whoa, this lady's like insane." But I think when you have a straight character like that, yeah, who, who says, "No, he, honey, you're crazy," or "I'm going to keep this family together." I think it it helps you pump the brakes on the action a little bit, and I think it we would have accelerated too quickly. So actually, I I do appreciate him in this movie. Not so super you think he's effective. in
1: a way maybe he's the he's the one that's trying to keep us all grounded. Like he's, yes. he's kind of like the audience where you it's have like, to
0: have a no-sayer in a supernatural movie because if everyone is all of a sudden on board with it, there, there's no interest. You have to have someone saying I don't believe in ghosts or yeah, aliens that, aren't real.
1: Wasn't that Peter at that point? that's peter all the way up until his mom is hiding in his bed trying to kill him
0: yes and i mean it's truly he doesn't believe but then there's the scene where they do the seance in their own home and he's even like i can feel it and what's going on he never says no it's not happening he just says i'm confused it's really the father who's like honey this isn't and then of course he accuses her of putting her mother's body up in the attic and i just i think you need a character who reflects us as the audience because otherwise it becomes unbelievable Where we think, oh, maybe she did put her mother's body up there, or all this is this is all a dream. It's all far fetched. Like I think you need a grounded character. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't he wasn't a great grounded character. I will give you that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just he He was boring. he, He seemed kind of boring. Yeah, he seemed kind of ineffective. But you're but you're right. He is. He's kind of represents that like logic. There must be a reason this is happening, and then him going up in flames is is really like a metaphor for, you know. Uh, all sense of logic all sense of reason just going out the window and and that from that from his death onwards his immolation onwards uh this movie really goes goes off. well off the rails yeah um I forgot that the reason he burns is because um they at they when they're doing the seance they think it's Charlie's ghost the daughter yep who is controlling everything possessing everything not acknowledging that it's really the the demon um that uh they throw the sketchbook in the fire and that's what catches fire um and then i think she she's maybe that's the moment when the when the demon possesses her
0: you know like i said i it was confusing for me as a viewer <laughs> when we cut to Peter asleep in his bed and he wakes up and she's like in the corner floating following him and I'm like when did this happen mm-hmm. like all of a sudden she's doing this shit like to me I think it worked in some aspects didn't another the demon is sort of ill-defined because because even so worse and this is another question I had where the daughter Charlie um, played by Millie Shapiro who she I think she's really great in this uh, fun fact she was the first Matilda in uh, the Broadway show, Matilda,
1: hmm.
0: uh, which, you, you know, you watch her act and you're like, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but am I supposed did she know she was possessed by the demon? Like, I'm confused um, of how much it was Charlie and how much it was the demon. Did like the demon control 100 percent of her?
1: Did she know she was possessed?
0: Because that's what the movie implies, right, is that the demon has been inside of her. All right. along. That's why and, she's, and she's weird And she is kind of
1: strange. Like she's got like weird tendencies and stuff. But that's what I, I don't saying. think it's that weird. It's more her she's more like just an awkward eccentric. Girl. She's eccentric. Right. She's not much doing, of that, like,
0: really weird stuff. How much of that is her and how much of that is the does like the demon have control over her?
1: I think that it's very subdued in the beginning because the movie wants it to be, because it's still supposed to be about mental illnesses and it's more about this grieving family. But that it's it like, is about about you know, supernatural possession,
0: but it's like when the 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 teacher tells her to stop playing with the toy and then the bird flies into the window, like did the demon do that? Yeah, like I, I'm just yeah,
1: I think that the, that's that's like the demon practicing in a way. It's like trying to like there's two ways to look at it. I guess there's the meadow way, where you know it, that's that's to let us know that this girl has something going on with her. And it's right. Remember the expectation when you watch the trailers going in is that this, the movie is going to be about this girl being possessed by a demon. It's going to be kind of like a new version of the witch or a new version of really of, of the, the exorcist. exorcist. Yeah. So, um, that's what you, you're thinking about going in and you see her do this with that, that actually that scene is in the commercial is in the trailer. Um, and I think it's still part of like before it, it, before it totally sub- subverses our expectation, and and the girl dies in the at the end of the first act of the film. Right. Um, I think it's but there's that's the meta way to look at it, and then there's also the story way to look at it, and that is the demon is kind of rehearsing or practicing or building up his strength so that when he is able to move into the son's body, Peter's body at the end of the movie. Um, he's going to be at like full strength, their full okay. form. So that's what we so, like, assume. Re- rehearsing. That was yeah. that's
0: just completely my take on it when I, I saw mean, the
1: movie. I could be way off. For but better but.
0: or worse, they left it vague, and that's okay. I think I'm going to be really honest, which is, if this movie were only the third act, like if this movie was just the cult stuff, I don't think it would be a very good movie. I really don't. There's some interesting things. I think it'd be like a, okay. That was a fine horror movie. I, you know. I think you need the first two acts of the really strong drama stuff, the really good acting, the the nicely shot movie, the fun stuff with the miniatures and with all the kind of stuff going on to make the third act enjoyable. I don't yeah, think I don't think without both it's this good of a movie.
1: Yeah, it's you've got chocolate, you've got peanut butter and and the the first part and the second part are very different for, for that reason. And uh, I think that's really what makes the movie work. It's what makes it kind of gel. Sean, the, the the coolest thing to me about this movie, the coolest thing overall, is if you did you notice that we had this whole discussion about how the this is about a, a, a movie about a cult, about a demon, um, where it starts out as about r- mental illness and then kind of devolves into like this this movie about um, about otherworldly things. Mm-hmm. But you, you can watch the same movie and come to the very different conclusion, and that is this whole thing, the whole movie was about Annie Graham's mental illness, and she imagined this whole thing. That this whole crazy, or the son imagined the whole thing, rather, because he's the only one that makes it out alive at the end. That he is now crazy because the grandmother was unstable and and, and so on. And he has just kind of completely lost touch with reality. And there's no demon. There's no cult. This is all just his crazy imagination going wild.
0: Right? I'm going to be honest. I think and that would be a really wrong way to look at this movie. How so? I think there's a 0% chance. Because I think... Look, I'm all for the it was a dream thing in movies, right? It was all in the character's head stuff. Like, that's always fun. But I think that takes a a lot away from the movie if, if you go that way. Because as much as I criticize the cult stuff at the end, and I do, elements of it were very good. And it was at least at minimum, at minimum, very entertaining to watch. The effects were really good, and crazy stuff was going on, and the cult stuff. And I think... I think to go that far, but have it be in somebody's head. You know, like, I like the scene where she lights him on fire, or she sees, like, the ants crawling all over him, and it's all kind of a dream. Like, that's good. Little bits of dream. I think if you say the whole thing was, it's like, it's too far to be a dream.
1: It goes, it goes too, uh,. It, it, it really convinces you that it's not. Like especially
0: it, because, and, and it, this drove me a little bit crazy, because again, movie, pick whether you're going to be vague or be specific. After Peter falls through the window to theoretically his death, right? And we see like a little CGI effect of the spirit kind of go down and go into him. Not leaving a lot of vagueness there. You know what I mean? So you're clearly saying, spirit's real, and it is now in Peter. I get why you have to do that for the audience, but still, you're not leaving much to the imagination at that point. We know the demon is inside of Peter. We just saw it happen. You know what I mean? And I feel like if elements of this are a dream, I'm just, uh, I don't know. You, I, I admit you could see it that way. I think, I think that's kind of a waste to see it that way because I think it's too good being a real movie to be in someone's head, if that uh, makes sense.
1: If, I mean... Obviously, I, I agree that it was not a dream. I, I, I'm of the mindset that it was exa- the movie is exactly what it shows you to be. Um, I think that there could be other interpretations, though, and that, and that's what's pretty cool about it is that the if the movie is kind of watched in reverse, it, it is about like this family dealing with a lot of issues and a lot of stress, and maybe the anxiety is building up and causing them to have hallucinations and stuff. Um, I think that it, 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 if I were the director, maybe I would add one scene to the movie and, and make it a little more clear if, if that it could be ambiguous. I would say like at the end, right. When he's with the cult members and the, um, you have the, they're in the treehouse, yeah. right. You know, the scene.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And the, the old lady that the cult lady is giving that like little that long little statement explaining the plot Yes, basically explaining exactly what happened yes which i i also was not a fan of and they um they describe how like the demon has now found its host and it's going to be him and it's the very final shot is of his eyes i think they should have added one shot to that at the end and it would have been him in the treehouse by himself with no. nothing else it would have just no. been empty i want the it would cult just to be just been real him. would have just been him and then it would leave the audience to wonder like did this all actually happen
0: no that would just... did, or did he, did he did he did he
1: like obviously he really killed his family but maybe he imagined the cult stuff because he wouldn't like his subconscious wouldn't let him kill his family for no reason so he invented like this whole reason, but I guess
0: you would have had to flesh him out as a character. That's more. so like, cheap. That's such maybe a cheap he's getting alcohol. picked on
1: at school or maybe he's taking drugs or something. Here
0: you go. Matt, can I split the difference on your idea? Which is there is a real cult, but there is no magic. No super. The supernatural isn't actually real. And so the cult really does kidnap the grandmother's body. It really does try to do seances and things. And you explain away the magic stuff that happened to something else. But in it's Peter's mind that imagines the supernatural parts, but the cult is actually okay. real.
1: So, the Tony Collette floating and cutting her own head off with piano wire.
0: Yes, not didn't actually was, happen. That
1: didn't actually happen. No. Um,
0: no, what the, we learn is the cult actually killed her.
1: The cult killed her.
0: Right, cut her head off. Her body's uh, there. I don't think you have to change that. But why did she have to die? Because they're a crazy cult, and they have to. I don't know. Was, but she was him. in on
1: it at the end. Like she's all in. She she tries to wait. Doesn't she? But she tries to kill him. No, she just tries to chase him into the
0: treehouse. Well, yeah, her spooky haunted body. But what I'm saying is that didn't. Ha- none of that happened. That was all in his head. Any of the supernatural stuff. Basically, after he slams his head on the desk, right.
1: He really okay. does so he go gets, home. He gets
0: like massive. Con- he gets concussed because of that. Well, he, you can blame so it on that. But what I'm saying right, is, yeah, he, he gets home and there's a real cult in the treehouse. Mm-hmm. But he's imagining his mother leading him to the cult.
1: But why does why does he do that with the slamming his head into a de- the desk repeatedly? Well,
0: I'm not saying that necessarily caused it. Maybe you can just say he went crazy. Why does he slam his? I don't look. I'm he, not writing I mean, the he movie. beats himself
1: up pretty bad. Like it's it's like. He gets like bloody no- like black and blues and bloody noses he he slams his head into that desk hard yeah, but like you can over e- and over again. But
0: you can explain that away. He was startled by seeing his weird reflection in the mirror which was also in his head. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying I the don't take away the cult. The cult has to be real for this movie to work. No, I'm not taking away the cult at all. But I'm, that's I'm what just saying you, well, that the
1: Yeah. Actually, yeah, I was I was trying to to go with the like an explanation for the spooky supernatural stuff. Well, that's tough. I mean, again, Deep down, I'm I'm pretty sure that it all happened. That it was, you know, it is a horror movie. I agree. So willing suspension of disbelief. I just love the misdirect, and I love that we can have conversations about. Like you can't have that same conversation for say The Exorcist. It was obviously not in, in anyone's head. Like no, that was there straightforward. Three, there are like three or four people that are like sure. This is real. Um. The mom, all the priests, the doctors. Like,
0: this is really happening. I
1: mean, this was... But in this
0: movie, I, I love that it, it can be kind of debated. This was by far the most complex horror movie we watched this year. It
1: was. This mer- it merited a lot of discussion. And I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that we could also dissect and talk
0: about. Like, uh, Yeah. There is something I have to mention before we get out, which was one of the funniest things in the movie that I saw, which is the scene when they get to the party... Okay. And you're not even going to realize this happened, but I'm cr- a crazy person. And you know, they 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 set up the fact that there's nuts in the cake by showing one of the party girls who's like drunken at a party chopping an insane amount of nuts. Oh yeah, I remember it, that. It, the, yeah. pile, <laughs> the pile of nuts was like bigger than the cake itself. It was it's... so many, and she's just like chopping it and going at it, and I was just like. Oh, she's going to eat the cake and have the nut allergy, like, obviously. But it was yeah. so – this, like, drunk girl at a party just chopping an insane amount like of nuts. It's comical, like a comical amount of <laughs> it nuts. Really, it really was. Which, by the way, uh,
1: this this is like a – rage. this is like an alcohol and weed-fueled party with a it bunch of – fun. Of teenagers, but somebody baked a beautiful cake to bring to this party.
0: Well, and the cake already – I thought it was already in the background, already baked. So Maybe they just sprinkled some on top. Somebody
1: really took I, – I feel like somebody's mom was like, oh, you're going to a school function? Oh, bring the – I baked this cake for it. Like, let me bake a cake. You know, like a PTA mom or something, yeah, not realizing that this is actually like a – one of those debauched teenage parties, not a, not a I school party at was that was
0: a nice cake for a drunken It raider, was a very but, nice cake.
1: That's but, why I, I – that's what I really think. And the girl was probably like, fine, I'll, I'll just bring him the cake. But Maybe do you, you think suffer,
0: uh, it. another girl's mom was like, oh, shit, I forgot you had to bring something. Uh, uh, well, all we have in the pantry is this giant bag of nuts. This is a comically sized <laughs> bag of nuts. I guess <laughs> you could take this. And the twist, <laughs> the mom is Joan.
1: Ooh, the cult. Yeah, the set set cult the whole thing is up. the one that put the nuts there. That's right. Can't trust those cults. We're, now, we're, when you said, when you said you, there was a comical part in the movie, my mind immediately went to... Um, the part where tony collette like repeatedly slams her head into the door oh when she's like yeah. all right, possessed <laughs> the, and the like, attic door yeah. doo, 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 doo. that was that was like scary that and funny at the same time it reminded me a lot of like something from the exorcist
0: yes she's like that bang- i forgot oh that was great banging
1: her head into the door to like open it It was crazy
0: i also love. i also loved when peter was at school eating outside and joan is across the street uh, across staring street, at him just shouting at him so what was it? it was like i expel you i expel you oh, yeah, went, yeah, yeah. whatever she, <laughs> but like from way across the street and he's like is anyone else seeing this and <laughs> i expel you it was so weird yeah Matt, yeah, i'm glad you picked this movie i enjoyed this oh, movie yeah. a lot me too Excellent it was uh,
1: it was it was fun um I, I like I said, it's it is really one of my favorite modern horror movies. I hope that anybody who uh, hasn't seen it yet gives it a watch. Uh, it's very well worth your time. It is a slow burn, like you said, but now that you know, but it doesn't feel that slow. happens it, there is a payoff to it because the
0: first and second act are interesting enough that it doesn't feel like a slow burn. It doesn't feel like it's wasting your time.
1: it doesn't uh, I mean when I admittedly when I was watching it, i well, I almost fell asleep, but.
0: Yeah, I, guess I guess it
1: depends what you, I, I if you I, just I, want. I, I, honestly, I was getting I was getting frustrated because I I didn't know where it was going. I right. was like, okay, this family keeps fighting. It's and then I thought I really thought I had predicted the ending, and and that's the fun thing is when if you if you if you, you go in and you ask anybody after if they have you know if people that have watched the, just the trailers maybe and you say how will this movie end, they'll have no idea. There's yep. no possible way that you could guess. All these shenanigans until, like, maybe the second act. Maybe.
0: Charlie's death is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. Point blank. Yeah. Which, by the way, do you know that's actually based on a true story? What is? Her death? The... Oh, is it like an urban legend? No, it reflects a real-life incident from 2005 in Marietta, Georgia, in which John Kemper Hutcherson—you can tell he killed somebody because he has three uh, names—accidentally decapitated his childhood friend and passenger, Frankie Brahm on a telephone pole after the latter had leaned his head from the vehicle to relieve the symptoms of his inebriation. Hutcherson then drove home with Brahm's headless corpse in the car and fell asleep until a passerby noticed Brahm's body still in the truck the next morning and notified authorities. It really happened. Damn. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, that that's it for our scary movie watch. What fun! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we had a lot of great movies. Yeah, that was a
1: it was a good series. I, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, just a, a recap. Where where would you put this movie in our in our ranking?
0: Well, are you ranking it by good movies or movie I, I liked? movie that you liked movies Some that pers- I like personal favorites
1: um how would hereditary fit in there
0: I would say my ugh. exorcist and hereditary are like 1a 1b I mean they're right up there and right behind them I would put scream um which I actually really liked and then uh Blair Witch probably behind that hmm. how, how about you
1: uh I would almost be the same it, it, it is really hard to pick between exorcist and uh the Exorcist and and uh, Hereditary. It's it's a tough a tough go. Uh, yeah, I I'd probably agree with you with Scream. But I would put Scream right after that. Um, but I don't know. I I, I got to give a lot of props to Friday the Thirteenth for being the one that kind of started it all, in a way.
0: Yeah. Well, there, again, there's a big difference between horror and slasher, right? Yes. You know, if we had also watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween and some of these other ones, then we could have maybe compared. These are tough movies to compare because they're just so different.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool that that our picks were kind of like mine were the more horror picks and yours were the slasher, more slasher picks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of cool. It was a good mix. I will say I think Exorcist is the best made movie. I think as a movie start to finish, Exorcist is the best on the list. Cinematically, I, yeah, I,
1: I have yeah. to agree. I, I think you, you can't take anything away from, uh, from Exorcist on that one.
0: Excellent. Well, Matt, who knows? Maybe we'll revisit this again next Halloween in November and December.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always a, a spooky time
0: of year. And it's a great opportunity now for us to tease December because we already know we've got a lot of great episodes coming up, including uh, the new Star Wars film was it right. rise of Skywalker
1: rise of Skywalker yes no, yeah it is rise of Skywalker
0: coming out later this month
1: mm-hmm. um, yep.
0: we will also I have not talked to you about this but I'm gonna pitch you the idea right now in some years not every year some years we've done like end of year wrap-up episodes I think it would be fun to do an end of decade wrap-up episode where you and I share our favorite least favorite things from 2010 to 2020
1: yeah everybody's doing that now because there's the uh it's the, end the end of the decade. decade. It is. Well, would it be 2010 to 2019? How would you break up a decade? It would be 10 would to be 19. 20, it would be 10 to 19, or would it be 09 to 19? Ni- no, I guess 09 is still for the yeah. previous decade, No, no, you got to right? do 20, to, and then 20, 2020
0: starts a new one. It's got to be, yeah. I guess any other way is madness so quite a decade uh so yes we'll have a lot of great stuff coming up in december before you know we'll be talking the super bowl so we got a lot of great stuff coming up on the show our website is up for debate.tv uh go there and get all the past episodes including all the movies we talked about um those episodes are there you can also subscribe wherever you get podcasts apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify overcast we're everywhere video version on youtube as well uh you can see my cat walking around he's very annoying uh you can also follow us at up for debate tv on twitter and email us up for debate up for debate tv at gmail.com Uh, but that's going to do it for us here. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time for a slightly less scary episode of Up for Debate.